Welcome to the Board Game Community Show. I'm your host, Riley Stock, and today's guest was a two-time contestant on the reality show Survivor. She does Twitch streams with other contestants playing social deduction games. She is the co-host of one of my favorite podcasts, Reality Escape Pod, and brings such an awesome energy to everything she does. PG Law. Hey, Hey, Riley. Thanks for having me on. This is so much fun. I, If there is a chance for me to talk about board games, I am there. David was like, do you want to come on this podcast and talk board games? And I was like, yes. Like, we don't talk about board games nearly enough on my own podcast. So Yeah. Well, and when David brought that up, I was like, well, I know she does escape room and I know she does social deduction games a little bit because you talk about it on the pod- on the podcast. Uh, but I was like, does she play more board games? <laughs> I'm like obsessed with board games. I love board games. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's it's just that, you know, for the stream. So when I came up with doing the stream, I'd actually been wanting to do a game night with other survivors like forever and streaming it because I've streamed like I play video games too. I play League of Legends and of course video games you can stream right it's easy um they're on the monitor but like board games it's like I I just I like board games I like the game I like game night you know what I mean like to me there's nothing more fun than getting together with a bunch of friends and playing a bunch of games um but before this whole quarantine happened I was like how do you do a game night on a twitch stream you know the logistics of it like do I have to have an overhead camera? Do you know, but then do you have how do you have a camera on everybody's face? Like you know, and yeah. it just it just seemed like so impossible, but it's because I would play like most of my reality TV friends, my survivor friends, we love playing games. That's part of why we got cast and we ended up on these game shows because we like playing games, you know, strategy games and things like that. Uh, and it's so much fun and and everybody has such a great personality. So I I've been wanting to show it and I'm like I just don't know how to make this work logistically. And then when the pandemic rolled around, suddenly there was Zoom. And I was like, okay, this is how. Like, everyone's got their own cameras. Everyone was willing to show up to game night and do this because nobody (laughs) else had it, you know. Yeah, they couldn't do anything else. (laughs) Going on. Yes. So, you know, um, and then just for the stream itself, I think that the social deduction games were just the most fun to watch. Right. Because they're snappy. There's a lot of talking. It's it's mostly about the interaction between the people. And because the people I have on are all like semi famous. Well, there's a following, you know, they have fans like the the survivor fans. And so it's just nobody wants to really sit a sit around. Nobody wants to watch a sit around rolling dice and staring at a board. Uh, they can. But, it, you know, so I figured like social deduction games, werewolf, uh, they're snappy, they're quick. And they're also very much in the realm of like our wheelhouse, right? The first time I played One Night Ultimate Werewolf, I was like, this feels very much like Survivor. Like Like just bluffing, you know, having to bluff, having to figure out what everyone else's intentions are. Um, If you're a bad guy, you have your secret alliance, you know, so so you're kind of having to like support each other and make stuff up, and and you're playing off of each other, and uh, you know, and and so it, it just it just really reminded me of like some of the feeling of playing Survivor. I guess that's why it's such a good fit for us because my Survivor friends are obsessed with playing Werewolf and Secret <laughs> Hitler. 
It is so fun to watch PG Plays. That's your Twitch channel, right? Yeah, it is. It's uh, P-E-I-H-G-E-P-L-A-Y-S. It's a little wieldy, but it is my. that's how my first name is spelled. It's PG Plays. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And you can go back and watch some of her past streams. And they are so fun. It is, it is just an absolute riot. And like, I have a hard time just sitting and watching uh, Twitch streams because... I'm always on the go or editing podcasts or whatever. Like I just never have time to sit and watch something. And, uh, and so I was able, because you're doing a social deduction game, I don't have to see any board or anything. So I could just like have it in my head, uh, headphones and walk around and listen to it. And it was so fun <laughs> listening to you guys play one night werewolf. Just like, I don't know. It blew my mind. Uh, especially <laughs> thinking about like, okay, all these people were on survivor and, listening to you guys kind of like it's like a whole nother level I feel like (laughs) (laughs) who knew that it would be such a spectator sport Uh, (laughs) I know (laughs) I mean and and that's the thing too like I had in in the last session I ran um one of the players wanted to play so bad these guys are like addicted and but he was driving like long distance and he called on the road like he had his phone set up in a little holder and i was like john like i will not be responsible for your dying in a fiery crash (laughs) Uh, you know i'm like i don't condone this he was like it's fine i'm not even looking he's like i'm just i'm just listening like he's like you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) he was he was like i'm on an empty road i'm in like the middle the middle of nebraska he's like there's no one around for miles so this is actually he's like you're actually helping me by keeping me entertained and alert while I'm driving on this long empty stretch of highway so I was like okay, okay. <laughs> fine we'll allow it <laughs> yeah yeah one night ultimate werewolf was okay because you only really have to look at the board when you get your roll and that's it you know um but yeah so so that's one of the games that we really like to play we try playing long form werewolf sometimes but that is more complicated to set up, even though it's fun. And the way I run it, it ends up being kind of like a reality show. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if um, if your listeners are familiar with the difference between Longform Werewolf and One Night Ultimate Werewolf. I'm not sure. Maybe. <laughs> We've oh, never well, talked about it, but do you want to explain it? Yeah, I'll explain it really quickly. Um, I mean, ultimately, they're like, these are games like Mafia, Werewolf. They're kind of very similar, where basically a couple people get assigned roles and they're the bad guys, right? Um, and they have to work together to fool the good guys. The rest of the, everyone else is a good guy. Uh, there's a couple roles that have special powers, like the seer can look at one person per night, per round, and see what their role is, right? And then there's somebody else who's a protector or like the doctor, and they... Um, can save one person from being eaten. So the way it goes, it's like there's a nighttime round. The wolves will like pick one person to eat. That person's out of the game. Okay. Uh, everyone does, the, does their nighttime r- routines. And then during the daytime, everyone just talks. Like they just, oh, I think so-and-so did it. Like I heard him move or I, I felt like he was very active during the nighttime. So maybe he has a, you know, nighttime role, whatever it is, you know? And so that's the basic premise of the game. And One Night Ultimate Werewolf, there's only one round and it's more about logical deductions. So there's a couple roles that are like troublemaker. The troublemaker will switch two people's roles or the robber will like, I can rob your role. So Riley, so say like you claim that you're the seer, right? We don't know if you're telling the truth or not, but I'm like, well, I was the robber and I robbed you. And because I robbed you, I could see your role. And I'm telling you guys, 
I'm corroborating your story. Yes, you were, you know, and then someone else will be like, well, actually I'm the troublemaker and I ended up swapping you with that other guy, you know, and, and you don't know who's lying, but you're trying to follow this chain of logic to see who has what role. Yeah. You know, so so it's it's actually cut. So One Night Ultimate Werewolf is more of like a logical deduction game with bluffing involved. Uh, long form werewolf, there's a multiple rounds. One person gets taken out each round, each round. And like, so if you think someone's a bad guy, they get eaten. Guess what? You know what? They were probably telling the truth. They were a good guy. <laughs> so 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 you gain a little bit more information each round and it goes. Uh, so what I did with that was like, I actually, uh, in the nighttime rounds, I put everybody into breakout rooms and then I would visit each person. So like oh. I would kind of interview them. It was kind of like this reality show where I'm like, I'm like, okay, you're the wolf, but like you said, so, and you know what I mean? Like, like what was your strategy? And like, so I would chat with each person about what their strategy was or what they did. And then, and they would perform their action. They're like, well, I'm going to protect this guy because when he said this, that made me really believe him and think he was the good guy. So I'm going to, I'm going to protect him, you know, and sometimes they get it wrong and it's hilarious. And so this way the people watching can follow along with what everybody's thinking. Um, so that was, that was really fun kind of turning it into like a little mini, like a little mini reality show. Yeah. That's really awesome. That sounds incredible. And you yeah. did that on Twitch. That was on Twitch. I've only done it a couple times because it's a lot of work and juggling Makes the breakout sense. rooms and going through them all is really tough. Like people love it. I actually have patrons that asked me to do one this Friday for like somebody's birthday. Cause I'm like, oh, I normally cool. don't cause it is so much work and it takes so long. Um, but they were like, we will pay you. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you for supporting me. <laughs> that is so cool. I'm sorry. Uh, while we're on this, I really have to talk about a third version of werewolf that I actually created for my patrons. Oh. That is all text-based. I had played a version of this earlier that someone else had did where they played it on Slack. And so I came up with my own version where we play on Discord. And it is all text. Um, and it lasts for probably about three days. And it's kind of the same thing, except it is, I create a series of channels. And so everybody just interacts via text. And that way, because it's long, these guys are chatting all day long and I, and it's like role playing. So everybody comes up with, I'm the baker, I, you know, I'm, I'm the brewer. And like, I made a channel that was the brewery where people could just hang out and talk role play. Oh my goodness. You know, but then there's like another channel where it's only gameplay. And I ended up having to only to limit that to like a four hour window. Cause otherwise people were talking and strategizing all day long and people were like getting fired from work. And like, they're like, my family hasn't like, I've disappeared because I'm just sitting here <laughs> like reading through all the comments. Uh, but I, you know, and then I incorporated elements of survivor into it. So I made a puzzle hunt. Um, with Survivor, there's you can find these idols and they save you. So like not only you 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 can also save yourself if you've solved this puzzle hunt, which I created. You could play it, then you're not eligible to be voted. You know, there's this whole and then and then besides that, I started adding all kinds of crazy stuff, uh, like booby traps. So if you stumble onto <laughs> something, maybe like you said, I, I would pick a certain phrase. So if you said that phrase. Um, I would secretly message them and be like, you know what, for the rest of the day, you can only converse using gifts, you know, so they are like using emojis, like whatever. Uh, and so, so there was all these different elements that I, I kind of put into it. And like, then these guys are like obsessed with that too. Like it's, you know, it's, it's a whole week long game that we play. So it's, 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 it's been fun. This is what I've been doing with my quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. You got into game design. <laughs> I, yeah. And, and it's funny because, you know, like with Survivor, there's a lot of controversy because they keep changing the game. Mm-hmm. So Survivor at its core was kind of a simple concept, right? Like you would think you have two teams, they compete. The losing team has to vote out one member of their tribe, right? So in the first season, and, and people hadn't played this before, they were like, yeah, we'll just vote out this guy. He seems lazy. He's not doing much around camp. We don't really like him. We're going to vote him off. And then Richard Hatch, the winner of the first season, realized he's like, this isn't a survival show or a survival game. He's like, this is a political strategy game. Uh, he's like, he's like, I look fat and lazy. He's like, I don't want to get voted out if that's the way we're thinking. He's like, I'm going to have to change that. And so he started forming alliances. And he like, you know, would go up, like, I'd come up to you. I'd be like, hey, Riley, like, you know, we're both kind of gaming nerds. Like, listen, like, I think they're going to vote for you or for me because we don't seem very strong or tough, but I don't want you to go. You're my friend out here. So I was like, listen, I promise not to vote for you. You promise not to vote for me. I think we can get these other people on board and like all four of us will actually agree to gang up on that one guy over there. You know, we're going to put four votes on him. And that's how the entire game of Survivor was created, like- And so now there's all these strategies built around it. But what happens is like over the years, people start anticipating these things, you know, and there's a lot of responses to the way things go. So like they were targeting people who are weak while the weak people got together and started targeting the strong people, you know, and and then, and then vice versa. And then all the strong people banded up, you know, so there's a lot of reaction to previous seasons and then production started doing things to shake it up because it got a little too predictable. So then they started introducing like, idols or you play this this negates all the votes against you stuff like that like the little little secret hidden things and they get a lot of slack from fans because you know fans don't like it when you change part of something that's a a beloved game yeah (laughs) but and and i used to be i'm like i want old school survivor i liked it when there weren't all these twists and turns and you know, things to like, like that there were th- that production interference. Um, but after running my own game, which is very similar survivor in a way, in a few ways, except it's just via text and for no stakes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was like, you got to change it up. Like you got to like give, you know, some people just have it too easy or they've got it all figured out and it's not interesting anymore. So you, you got to like keep them on their feet and it is very entertaining for the people watching <laughs> to see, yeah. you know, cause part of it is seeing how people deal with a road bump, right? Anybody can be good at something, but it's like, how well can you adapt to a change in a situation? So. Exactly. Yeah. And you got to keep them on their toes. You got to, I mean, like in your game, do people get eliminated early on or do they make it through the whole week? What, how does that work? People get eliminated and then I have a graveyard. So the graveyard is oh. actually the best place to hang out because uh, they are om- omnipresent. They can see mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> yeah. So they get, once once you're out of the game, you get full access to all of the chats. So like I gave each contestant, each player, like a pri- their own channel. So they can just, it's like a confessional. They'll just say what they're thinking, what their strategy is, why I'm saying this. You know what I mean? And it gets tough. People's People get really hurt. Like people's feelings get hurt because... Ultimately, the aim of a lot of these games is to gaslight your friends. Like, (laughs) you know, they're like, I think so-and-so was acting suspicious. And they're like, they're like, you were acting suspicious, actually. Like, when you claim to be the seer, like, I thought you were, you you were, that was definitely a play. You were making that up. You know, and somebody really is the seer. But it's like the 
the wolves, the bad guys, it's their job to gaslight them. And people get pissed. It, 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 people get pissed. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. So you essentially give them like a talking head room where they can just like say what's on their mind type of thing. Yeah, they can say what's on their mind. And then in the graveyard, we all sit and like we all there's commentary on what everyone's saying because we know what the rules are. <laughs> so we're like, oh, my God, I can't believe like so and so is like, you know, just just lying, like lying to their face. And like and these guys are all friends, uh, <laughs> you know, but it's I been really it. cool. Like, I, so, you know, like I said, I started this when pandemic started and it was just the perfect timing. Everyone was feeling kind of lonely and isolated. And I was like, listen, if you like playing board games and you're a fan of Survivor, come join this group and find other people to play with. That was really the premise of my Patreon. And it was really cool seeing this group of people from all around the world become friends. You know what I mean? And like have a place to to meet other people. So so that's been really gratifying. There have been two relationships, two romances that formed Ooh. out of this. All of them long distance. All of them. <laughs> that is wild. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and, and I'm following along with all the gossip because they they, they become really close. You know, I, I actually saw somewhere, someone online, like maybe TikTok, people were like, how do you make friends as an adult? How do adults make friends? Like, yeah. And <laughs> they were basically like, you just show up somewhere regularly. That's literally it. They're like, the reason you make friends at school, at work, or at church, or whatever, it's because that's a place that you go regularly. You see the same people over and over, you know? And that's, and, and it really stuck with me. And I'm like, what do I like to do? I like to play games. I just started showing up. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm starting this place. I'm playing games. If you like it, come. Uh, same with like the escape room community. That's kind of how I got into that. Like, I just started showing up. I started going to all the discussions, like just hanging out and that, you know. That is really cool. Well, on that, uh, how did you get into board? What started you off on board games? Gosh, I mean, that is such a bizarre question to me because I always feel like who doesn't? I can't remember a time when I didn't like playing games. Right? Yeah. You 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 play. Everybody plays games as a child. We all play right. board games. Uh, you know, you start off with things like shoots and ladders, Monopoly, which I despise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Candyland. You know. That's a common one. That yeah. Candyland, like, you know, and then you just, I'm trying to think of like, I'm like, what was my gateway to like the higher levels? I don't know what the mid, what the mid level things it. Most people's are like Catan or Ticket to Ride. And that's what like segued them into it. I don't know if that was it for you, but. <laughs> so that is, yes, actually. So like, you know, and I'd always liked games like Taboo. Like I love Taboo. Mm. I love categories. I like Scrabble. I like word games. A lot of word games. Boggle. Love Boggle. And then for a couple years, I, I, you know, whatever. You're busy. You're going out. You're partying like in your 20s. And then in my mid to late 20s, a friend brought over, uh, my sister's friend, actually. My sister wasn't so much for going out, but my sister's friend brought over Carcassonne. And I was like, what is this game? Like, this is so cool. I'd never seen anything like it. You know, that that these were like one of the more kind of, I guess, higher strategy games. Um, I just thought it was the most fun thing ever. Uh, so, you know, I started playing that. And then like my friend Jason invited me to a couple um, game nights with like a, a, with a bunch of like, I don't know, like his drunk gay friends. And I was like, I mostly went because I was like, well, I want to go hang out with a bunch of drunk gay people. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun to me. Uh, but it was game night. And and I was like, well, I like games, you know. Uh, and so we went and we played Citadel. 
And I was like, Citadel is so much fun. Like, and you know, and Citadel is one of those, have you played Citadel? I haven't, no. <gasps> it's so good. <laughs> uh, it's it's basically, you know, you're assigned different roles, right? And each role can do a certain thing. And then like, so it's like you have a power, you can, and, and, and you're also collecting coins and you're getting cards to build a city. It's kind of a city building game but your role has different powers. And each round you switch roles. You pass the roles around and everybody chooses a different one. And it was just, it's just really fun. There was kind of a lot of uh, smack talking because quite a few of the roles involve like stealing people's coins, taxing things, or like you, you know, with this one round, I'm like the assassin. I'm like, you don't get to take your turn. Uh, so, so it's fun. There's like city building, but mixed with like roles with powers. And so like, like there's a lot of like kind of social interaction along with the strategy. Uh-huh. So it, it's, it's, yeah, that's what kind of got me back into like, I'm like, well, I want to find more games like this. So I just wanted to keep playing it. So I kept, you know, doing more game nights, uh, discovering. Yeah. Just more things, you know, and then as you get older, like I am less interested in just going out and, I don't know, getting drunk and having to make a bunch of stupid small talk over drinks. Yeah. I'd rather make a bunch of stupid small talk over games, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or no small talk. And everyone just focuses on playing the game, get into character. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, and and like, like again, like over quarantine, it really brought home for me, like how much they helped me through this whole pandemic. Like in the first few months of quarantine, you, when you're feeling like really isolated and lonely and weird and stressed out, like I had a group of friends and these were my escape room buddies, but we like playing games too. Like before this, they'd come over, you know, once a month and we do game night. We were doing game night almost every night. Like it was, we'd get together on Zoom and it was either board games or like a puzzle, like a puzzle hunt, you know, hmm. something like that. And it was really sustainable for me because it didn't require that much social interaction, right? It's not like I have to sit and think of a conversation or interesting things to say. You're just playing the game. You're just doing that. It's easy. It's relaxed. Uh, but you, you, you're still having that connection. You're still having that social interaction with someone, even, even if it was puzzles and we'd just be sitting there quiet, like staring at the screen, trying to figure <laughs> something out. But it's, yeah. it was still a connection. You know, I loved it. It, it. it really helped me through like all of last year. Oh, I'm glad. I I totally feel that. Like I, uh, so I am super amateur board game designer, and I had just started meeting. Like I just found out that there was like a group of game designers in Utah, and I was like, "What? Like people just do this?" I thought I was just a nerd, you know, trying to make a game by myself, and and then I started meeting people, and bam, everything got shut down, and I was like, "Well." cool, I guess I'll just interact with these people online, which was nice. But it was just like, oh, I could have had in-person friends. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm in my 30s. I don't get to make friends like that anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's there's whole groups out there. I mean, I got really, so like with the escape room community, I, I think I got really lucky because one of my good friends, Tommy Haunton, who is the owner and designer of Stash House, which is one of the top rated escape rooms in LA, hmm. he is a big Survivor fan. And so we met when like a friend, you know, like a mutual friend, another friend who was a survivor um, had done his room. And then he found out he was like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, I'm a big fan of survivor. He was like, listen, if you have any survivor buddies that want to come play the room, 
they're all welcome. He's like, I'll, I'll run a compliment. Not only did he run a free game for all of us, he actually included like a special game design thing in his escape room just for us. That was kind of Survivor-ish. Like he hid little oh. scrolls. He hid little scrolls all around his escape room that had like little clues on it. So like normally it's really collaborative, but he's like with this, only one person, one person figures out the code hidden on these clues on these little scrolls and if they punch in the code onto the store and are the first one through the door and the first one to touch the skull then they'll they'll win the skull and they get to take it home that's so fun <laughs> it was amazing and, and the funny part was like i played this with a bunch of survivors half of them had never done an escape room in their lives didn't know what it was they had played survivor and so when you tell them that there was a secret prize and only one person could win like more than half of them spent the entire time just looking for these hidden scrolls and I was like, yo, help me. Help me figure out this puzzle. This is a collaborative game. And and half of them are like, I'm looking over and this one guy's like scurrying off in the corner, like shoving stuff down his pants. And I'm like, dude, like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, it, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that, but oh, so anyway, uh, so that's, that's my friend Tommy, but he is really connected to the community because he's like a designer and owner. And so I got lucky that he took me under his wing, um, you know, introduced me to a lot of his other friends that are in the community and then just kind of got more involved from there. So I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for everybody who welcomed me. That plus, yeah. there, there is a lot of crossover between puzzle and gaming enthusiasts and they all, and, and they're also like big Survivor fans. Which, it makes sense. Like yeah. <laughs> Survivor is a, you're playing a bunch of games. Like were there ever times where you're just like, I don't want to play games anymore. Like I just want to like. Oh my God. Every night, like every, okay. every minute of every hour. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, Cause you made it far. Like, uh, yeah. Spoiler alert. If you haven't. So I was on <laughs> um, season 15 Survivor China and then I came back again in 2015 for like an all-star season, which was Survivor's second chance. Yeah. Um, so I came back for this one. And my first one, I went pretty far. Um, and that was filmed back in 2007. Uh, and I'd never, I'd never even watched the show before oh, yeah? I, yeah, before I auditioned. I mean, when, so I got called to audition. Um, it was like an ex-boss had recommended me to a friend of his that was in casting. Hmm. And so I was like, what? what what is this like you know but at that point in my life and it was one of those things where it was just the perfect it was time you know it was just the perfect timing because I had gotten out of a bad relationship and I had been depressed for like six months prior to that so right at that moment I had already decided uh you know what I'm like you can't go on like this I'm like you need to get your act together you need to go on an adventure go on a vacation, go somewhere by yourself. You'll like regroup, recharge. Like you can't be sitting here depressed over, you know, a dumb guy. Like, so, and it was funny. It was like, just as I had made up this thought in my head, I'd spent that weekend, like looking, researching places to go. And that's when I got the phone call. They were like, you want to come <laughs> audition for this? And I was like, well, look what you asked for. Like <laughs> now you've yeah. done it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like, how, you know, so how could you say no to that? And then I, I think it was also at that moment, I really had a burning drive to prove to myself that I could do it. You know what I mean? Like I, I needed to prove that I wasn't that sad person that had been sitting around for six months, like not wanting to eat, not wanting to shower, not wanting to do anything. 
And yeah. so that was really the kick that I needed. And I think if you watch the show, you can kind of see it. You can see this burning determination. And I would never have been able to get through it without that, without this burning need to prove something to myself, you know, because it is so hard out there. Like the, the first four days, I didn't eat anything for four days, zero, like nothing. Really? Yeah. Four days. And in theory, you think, well, technically humans can, you can survive, you can live without eating for like a month, you know? Uh, But if you think about it realistically, (laughs) it's like, have you ever gone 24 hours without eating? Yeah. I haven't. I hadn't up until then. Like at the most. Yeah. (laughs) Like I would, you know, I'd be like, oh, I didn't, I didn't eat a thing all day until 6 p.m. I'm, I'm, I feel weak and tired. Like, you know. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I grew up and we like religiously fasted for 24 hours and it was always miserable. Like, okay. Okay. So you. Okay. So you've done. You are one of the few people like <laughs> that have actually fasted for twenty four hours. Uh, yeah, and I hated it. Like, no way I could do three days, four days. You know, like any like I could not do that. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah, four day. You know, and then there's not a lot of water. Like, so you you. I think we just for the first day and before we were able to make fire, we just filtered rainwater. It's raining on you constantly, like pouring rain. Uh-huh. Uh, and, it, and and that is so much more miserable than you could imagine. Like it sucks getting caught out in the rain, but even still, you're like, I'll be home in an hour at the latest. I'll be warm and dry yeah. in an hour, you know, but like having to sleep in the rain, you wake up, you're still wet the next day. There's no getting dry. It's muddy everywhere. Oh. So you're slipping and falling. Uh, there's bugs crawling on you in the middle of the night, buzzing around your head. And, and we're like in the jungles in like China. So there's there's bugs everywhere. <laughs> uh, we all slept with our buffs like over our ears because like my biggest fear is having something crawl in my ear, which did it has happened to a few contestants. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, you're stuck out there with a bunch of crazy strangers. Like everybody... <laughs> has an alpha personality. Everyone's really interesting and different, but really like, like an aggressive kind of alpha personality. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's the craziest, I don't know. I call it the best immersive game in the world. Uh, but it is a crazy, crazy situation. I, I, I'd actually asked a casting director. I was like, how do you determine who you cast say for something like amazing race versus survivor? Cause they're cast by the same people. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I was like, you know, a lot of times the contestants seem kind of familiar, but, you know, and because and I know that they send, so somebody could apply for Survivor and they'll send them to Amazing Race. A lot of times hmm. people apply for Amazing Race and they send them to Survivor, right? So there is some cross-casting between that. And I was like, well, what determines why you would send somebody from one show to the other? You know, and she said, Survivor requires a certain level of ruthlessness and a super competitive drive she's like if we can sense that you are ruthlessly competitive we send you to survivor and she's like that is the only way you will make it out there if you don't care about winning above all else if you don't care about winning above your own comfort above hurting other people she's like you will not make it in this game (laughs) like you have to have such an overwhelming competitive drive because it's so the conditions are so hard you'll just give up otherwise you'll say like this isn't worth it screw this i'm going home you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, like I'm sick of people lying to my face. Like when you're in, cause you know, when you're in a bad situation, 
and you're scared and hungry and lonely, like you want the comfort of knowing that there's somebody there for you. Guess what? Everyone there is ready to stab you in the back. Like you can't trust nobody out there. So it's- yeah. <laughs> uh, but in a way, that's almost nice because you're like, you know that you can't trust anybody, right? Like. I mean, yes and no. The thing is, but you, you have to, to, I guess. Well, well yeah. and you have to at some point because remember, this is a game based on alliances. So yeah. if you come up to me and you're like, "Hey, like, let's be friends. We're in an alliance. We're not going to vote for each other," you know, like, trust me, I've got your back. Like, yeah, I'm not the werewolf. <laughs> like, ultimately, you have to trust somebody, right? You yeah. have to know where you're going to go with. The problem is, you have like three different people coming up to you and saying the same thing. So now you got to decide who you're going to go with. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. That's, that's the game. That's survivor. <laughs> so it sounds like you were probably a pretty ruthless board gamer before then as well. Were you? I mean, I thought I was, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Compared to the average person I am, okay. I'll put it that way. Like my sister, <laughs> like, like I, I feel like I'm normal. My sister always has to remind me. She's like, you're so used to hanging out with all of your friends are these survivor players. And she's like, you guys are like next level. You don't realize that she's like compared to an average person. She's like, you're crazy. <laughs> like, she's like, you're so competitive. And like, I mean, I have burned, there have been several times, like uh, none of my ex-boyfriends will play with me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and maybe maybe future boyfriends maybe shouldn't play with you either then i've had to put a disclaimer on like all my dating profiles i'm like i like i want to play board games i will be competitive like you are forewarned like (laughs) i've mellowed mellowed out a lot like i used to be much worse when i was younger um it's much less cutthroat but it's still pretty brutal like especially those games of werewolf (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, so do you think then that Survivor made you more brutal afterwards playing board games? Not really. In fact, I think it actually, you know what Survivor taught me is that the theme of Survivor is outwit, outplay, outlast, right? Mm-hmm. So the basic tenets is easy. You can outwit somebody. That's basically like smarts, like your strategy, you're going to you know, you're calculating, you're crunching the numbers, you're kind of working out like different strategies to get ahead. That's one way to win. Um, Outplay is basically like you're maybe you're really good at the physical challenges. So there's a series of competitions. They're quite physical. Like you're running, you're carrying really heavy stuff. You're doing these obstacle courses. They're, they're like exhausting. And then you still have to maybe do like a slide puzzle or a word unscramble a word puzzle or something like that at the end. Some people are really, really good at these types of things, right? Swimming. So there have been people who have been so physically dominant that they get all the way to the end because they're really good at winning these challenges. Uh, And then the last tenant is outlast. So it's basically, there's a couple ways to outlast. Some people are good at staying under the radar. They're kind of quiet. They skate on by. They're never a big threat. So they just able to make it through each time because people aren't thinking like, oh, well, I got to take him out because he's such a threat, you know. The other way to do it is by being super sociable. Everybody just likes you. You're pleasant to be around. You know what I mean? Like you're easy to work with. And guess what? People want to keep you around. You're not the, you're not going to be getting voted out if people like having you around until until you become a threat and everyone notices that, <laughs> you know. Uh, so there's ways to manage your threat level. Um, and so going into Survivor... In my, I was in my like late 20s the first time I played, and I really went in thinking it was all about the strategy. 
you know, I'm like, that's how people win. That's that's what you got to focus on. Like, as I was playing this, and I realized, and I never work in corporate situations. So like, maybe I don't have a lot of like work politics experience. But what I realized playing this game was, it is all about your social network. The social strategy, the social game was 100% the most important part, not the strategy, not how far you can last. Yeah, those things will help you. But ultimately, the, the the one thing that really would get you the furthest in the game and, and in life, I think, is how well you manage your friendships with people, mm-hmm. you know, that like that was the biggest like wow moment to me. Um, and so I think because I kind of realized that that helped me a little bit, like I'm like nobody being ultra competitive and being crazy about it isn't making you friends it's not like i'm like i don't get to play more games because i'm so good at them or because i think i'm winning every time like that doesn't make people want to play with you you know <laughs> like you, like it's not that's not gonna help you really in life like so that huh. was probably like my biggest takeaway from playing it yeah that is fascinating <laughs> yeah that's cool because that's the opposite of what i totally would have expected you know like being around all that competition, I would have think like, oh, you'd be more cutthroat after and be like, no, and I want to win. <laughs> Being <laughs> Which more cutthroat do. doesn't, yeah, it doesn't necessarily help you. Like, or maybe you just have to hide it better. See, yeah. I just learned to be sneakier about it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Can't trust PG. <laughs> In the podcast, you mentioned that you like playtesting some games. Like, is it always escape room games or do you playtest some other games, board games? I love playtesting. David hates playtesting. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) He wants to play the beautiful, perfect, polished game, right? I like playtesting because I like giving my opinion on things. (laughs) (laughs) And I like, you know, I, I like giving my opinion. And it's like a way of, I get to feel like a designer without actually having to put in the work. (laughs) so all I get to do is play something and be like you know what you need to change this and this and this and I would change this part and polish this I would take that out and then I'm like there like I felt like a game designer for a couple hours without really having to put that much effort or work into it yeah Um, yeah so that's why I like playtesting it's mostly escape room mostly escape rooms and puzzles just because that's where my network is Uh um but a few of the Puzzle people I know, there's crossover into like board game design, you know, so like the Wild Optimists who have designed an escape room in a box. I've playtested those for them, but they all they've also come up with a lot of other experiences, which are like um, more kind of like murder mystery type stuff or they have a game that they're I don't know if I can talk about it, but they're they're developing some other games that are similar to um other party games that you have played in the past that probably like celebrity, you know, the game celebrity. No. Oh, wait, is well, it might be I called one. It might be called different things. So I like, I love party games. Like if, if, if I'm at a party or an event, like I'm always that person in the corner that's got everyone <laughs> playing games, you know, at like, a, like a love party. It. you've had to have played this game. Celebrity is basically like you have 10 people playing, right? Everybody writes down like five famous people, real or fictional. So it could be, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, it could be like, you know, Santa Claus, yeah. uh, whatever, Obama. Uh, so you write all these people down, you put them into like a little bucket, a hat, and the, there's three rounds. The first round, you know, for a minute you go up and you will just describe this person. So I'd be like, he comes every Christmas, he brings you gifts, he's a big fat guy in a red suit. And you'd be like, oh, it's Santa Claus, you know, you just <laughs> yeah. use as many words as you want to describe this person until somebody guesses. Uh, you take turns. 
until you've gone through all the names. So now we know all the names that are in the, the pile. Round two, you can only use two words to describe it. So I would say Christmas gifts and you, oh, Santa Claus, you know, so you can yeah. only use two words. And then the last, and then the last round is just charades. So okay. that's, yeah. So, you know, and everybody's played this. There's different versions. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't call it celebrity. We I definitely played that growing up. So what did you call it? We never called it anything. We're just like, let's just call let's just play that game where we write down names. People would just start saying, like, all right, write down some names, and then we would like throw it in a hat or you know. There's a there's another version of that, which is instead of it being a celebrity or famous person, they write they they pick words that all start with a certain letter. Oh, so it would just be like any word that starts with B. So, you know, everything's like a B word, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and then they would only use one word in round two. When it was a group of people that we knew really, really well, we would just throw our own names in. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. Which would be, which could get a little hurtful every once in a while, you know, whatever. <laughs> if you're known as the loud guy, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love these party games, especially ones where like you don't need to have you don't need to bring anything, right? Like you can just yeah. play them. And Mafia was always my favorite. Mafia is like still to this day. I would play Mafia anytime anyone wants to play it. It's kind of it's the same as Werewolf. Pretty yeah, much. exactly. Werewolf and Mafia, both of those I would play. We just played Mafia here more. One of my uh, favorite drinking games. Well, we it's not really a drinking game, but we just we'd always play it while we're, you know. Um, <laughs> Why not is, turn it? Into it's it? It's so simple. It's basically you just, again, it's like with celebrities and you would just say the name of a celebrity. I'd say like uh, Julia Roberts. See, now I'm showing my age. Uh, Julia Roberts. Okay. so then Julia Roberts the f- is still relevant. Come on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you would take the first letter of her last name and now you have to say the name of somebody's famous whose name starts with R. Mm. So I don't, I don't know who you would, you know. I know. I can't even think of an argument. See, it's you don't drink. Now you have to drink. Oh. <laughs> you you would say like Robert Downey Jr. You know, and then so now the next person has to say the name of somebody whose name starts with D, which is the first letter of his last name. Oh, you say the first name. Yeah. I so see. okay. Yeah. Right. So if I said Julia Roberts, you have to name somebody whose name starts with R. Their first name starts with R, and then the Latin, the last name you use for the next first name. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is how it kind of goes on in a chain, and basically, if you can't think of something, you know, like uh, you'd have to take a drink. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we and we'd make up rules like if if you pick somebody whose names had the same letter, like Sam Smith, then it was a social. Everybody would drink, and then the order would reverse. So then it would reverse back to oh. the other guy, and if they could come up with somebody whose name was also again S and S, like it would, you know. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I'm going to try that out next game night, whenever that gets to be. <laughs> they're they're fun, or it's like something. It's like uh, games that you could play on road trips. Oh yeah. So I'm always looking for like road trip games like stuff you can play in the car i love it what's your favorite board game my favorite board game yeah do you have one or a top three god that's like asking what your favorite your favorite child um (laughs) i love i do like word games so i I love boggle i've always loved boggle it's really simple um i love i love code names i guess that was the darling for for a while um 
Codenames is super fun. And then I recently, I really got into Decrypto. That's one of my top three. I'm, you know, I actually wrote a list because I knew I would blank. Um, oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. See? I oh, my goodness. Like in terms of like word games, I have Codenames, Decrypto, Scategories. I play social deduction games. I like Werewolf and Secret Hitler out of those. And then there's another subset of games that are like in between that. So like Mysterium, I mm, love. Yeah. Dixit, I love. And Mysterium and Dixit are kind of similar in the way they work. They're kind of, I guess, image association games. Yeah. Deception in Hong Kong. Have you played that? I haven't. No. Deception in Hong Kong is so much fun. <laughs> I think I can picture the box. It's interesting how many board games there are. And it's just like, oh, I'd love to play every single one. And when game nights start, hopefully I'll play a lot more. <laughs> Deception in Hong Kong, it's, it's from a small indie publisher called um, Gray Fox Games. And so, again, it's, you know, Survivor has actually introduced me to so many of these people. He was a fan and he actually, he's oh, one cool. of the um, game designer, not designers. He's like a head of head of game design. I don't know, whatever. He works for the company. And uh-huh. he said, so he was like, you know, I'd like to send you some to play. And I was like, okay, uh, I'm not going to say no to free games. So <laughs> yeah, he sent me Deception in, in Hong Kong. And it is it is really brilliant. It's basically kind of almost like a clue game, right? So in front of each player, you have a random selection of clues, weapons, things like that. Um, and then there's one guy who's the murderer, So he will look at somebody else while our eyes are closed and he will point at a weapon and a clue. Okay. And they are all coming from one person's like selection of items in front of them. Weapon and a clue. Okay, cool. Um, And then there's another person who is like the forensic expert and he knows what's happened and he's trying to give you clues. So then like throughout the game, there's like a, a list of places of motives and what they will do is he will give us one clue. So he'll be like, these were lovers. This happened in the bedroom. And uh, the evidence was like, it was very bloody. You know, so he is actually making this up based on the things that the murderer chose. So maybe hmm. the murder, like the, the evidence was like wedding rings. And then the weapon was like a hammer. Right. So because those are the two things things that he chose now the forensics guy has to kind of create a narrative in his mind of what caused this murder scene and guide us to it so we'll be like oh it was jealousy jealousy is a factor and there was blood okay so there was blood so it wasn't poison so now we're, we can eliminate certain things because there was blood we can we can say it wasn't electrocution we can say it wasn't poison right it's got to be something that would create blood so we're like okay well so-and-so has a a knife has a kitchen knife in front of him so and you know and you know i'd be like oh well he has a hammer they're like yeah but you know he has a cleaver doesn't a cleaver seem more likely to create blood so so now the 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 murderer is going to misdirect yeah and so you know and then the forensic guy keeps giving more clues to try to get us back on the right track um it's so so it's it's fun. I think I think these kind of deduction style games are very fun. Yeah. Um, and then besides that, the, the other games I already told you about, like Citadel, um, Seven Wonders. I like Seven Wonders, like like city building games. Sorry, that was more than that was more than three. I had to go through. No, that's list. okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like that's what we're here to talk about. Yeah, we're here to talk about board games and and you in general. So really, whatever you want to talk about, 
<laughs> and you were, and here you were worried that I didn't even play board games at all. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I can't help it. I just hear you talk about escape rooms. <laughs> so yeah, that's awesome. I'm so excited that you do. And, and so many, you, you obviously play a very wide array of them. Yeah, my biggest problem is finding people to play with. Like, the, I, I started a whole Patreon just so I could find people to come play these games with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do uh, miss playing games in person. Um, are your guys' numbers okay that over there in California? We're open. We're fully, they, they like, opened oh, really? fully yesterday or, like, the day before that. Yeah. Oh, wow. I think they're doing all right. I feel okay. Like, I'm vaccinated. So, like, I I go out. Um yeah. You know, in in fact, like it's funny because I got an invite to a game night out here with uh like uh the Wild Optimist, those two gals, and they know a bunch of like the other designers that live here in LA. So like I was all excited because I'm like, I got an invite. I'm gonna meet all the cool <laughs> kids, like all the cool gaming kids, you know. Yeah. The kids were all grown ass adults with kids, with, <laughs> with, with with kids. <laughs> um, That's what I call everyone. <laughs> So I was like, this is so exciting. And then I kind of forgot to RSVP, but I was like, I asked some other friends of mine and they're like, yeah, we're going. I'm like, okay, cool. So then of course I show up and I'm like, is this the right house? Uh, (laughs) There's nobody here. (laughs) Nobody's answering. And then like one of them walks up and they're like, did you get the email? And I was like, no. Like, they're like, did you RSVP? And I'm like, maybe, (laughs) but I know I didn't. like i'll just show up and they were like oh they're like well because one of one of the people um, one of the organizers was like i'm feeling a little under the weather (gasps) she's like i got a little bit of a cough she's like i don't really think it's anything but because i'm trying to be sensitive and whatever like i I just thought it was best to cancel like a bigger get together yeah um because i didn't want you know just in case just in case i was sick or something i didn't want to expose people um, so she's like, cancel that. But you know, like there were like a small, it was like four of them. It was actually two couples, uh, or I, maybe they were a couple. I don't know. Anyway, but it was only four. <laughs> They're like, well, we're still going to do, you know, like a, like a small game night. And they were like, but, but you're welcome to stay. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so- yeah. Yeah. I'll stay. <laughs> if you're trying to subtly tell me that you'd rather not have me here, that's not going to work. I'm here to play games. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like. <laughs> I'm staying like I'm here. <laughs> I told my sister this story and she, she, she felt so like so much secondhand embarrassment that she had to leave the room. <laughs> telling her this story. She was like, how do you, she's like, how do you do it? She's like, how do you do it? Like, she's like, I would have left. She's like, I don't, she's like, I would have been so embarrassed and I'm left. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I wanted to, play the games more than I felt embarrassed. And I was like, I didn't feel that embarrassed like a little bit, but like, you know, I'm like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I'm sure it was fun. (laughs) It was fun. It it was fun. And I just take people at face value. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I don't, I, I think I've been really lucky. I don't overthink things too much. Sometimes I think I'm missing that whatever it is that people feel like shame or embarrassed like <laughs> i don't really feel it too much <laughs> which oh, is not are a, you a sociopath <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not it's not a good thing it's like you know we feel shame for the same reasons that we feel pain it's to protect you <laughs> yeah <laughs> no but like a long time ago i just realized that like having like crippling shame or embarrassment about things like tripping 
or I don't know, like farting in public, whatever it is, whatever dumb thing it is that people feel embarrassed about. Like I was like, why am I going to let this ruin my day? And I was like, literally nobody's thinking about it. You know, yeah. like, nobody thinks about it. And even if they do, so what? It was funny. Like laugh, you know, if you laugh, if you <laughs> laugh and everyone else is laughing and now everyone's laughing with you and it was a funny story. It's not an, you know. Yeah, and, exactly. and, it's a memorable Fond memory. Yeah. So I, this was something like as a child, I think there was probably one time where I spent a whole day just miserable because I did something that like I felt embarrassed about. And I was like, this is the, like, why, like, why are you ruining your day over something so stupid? And it was like this epiphany I had. And ever since then, I just refused to let it like get me down. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it helped with going on reality TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think I read an interview as I was prepping for this interview where they were like, do you have any regrets? And you were like, no, not really. Nope. <laughs> like, <laughs> everybody has highs and lows. And, you know, like, I think they portrayed me just fine, you know, like on Survivor and all that. And yeah. Yeah. It's like, like it- it's a good outlook. <laughs> Well, it, it helps. I think I'm mostly self-aware for the most part. Um, but it's like, you just have to know, like, you're not going to be perfect. You're not going to be good at everything. And everybody can relate to that. So it's okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, like, and, and one of the things, so when I auditioned, you know, one of the last things the producers asked me was, they were like, well, how do you think you're going to, you know, do you think people will like you? And I was like, I think people either really love me or really hate me. I was like, you know, and it was at that time in my life. I, I was a lot less mellow than I was now, uh, much more opinionated. And I was like, but you know what? I was like, I think that people love you or hate me. I was like, but I promise you that they will be talking about me around the water coolers the next day because of that. And, yeah. and that was that was that was the last thing I said to production, you know, to the casting people, like when I left the interview room. Um, and it's funny because after my season aired and you know you're following along with some of like the the stories or like the the commentary you know online and the chatter and um people were like i think pg might be one of the most controversial people they're like i can't stand her but they're like my the rest of my watch group like loves her like they're like i don't i don't understand i don't get it i I think she's so annoying (laughs) (laughs) um but, but, you know, partially it was because, so, like, I was, like, an underdog in my first season, right? Like, kind of mm-hmm. your classic underdog story, didn't have a lot, Your my side was losing, uh, but somehow, even though I was behind in the numbers, I would keep rallying, I would keep trying, whatever, and I got pretty far. You know, so usually they portray underdogs very sympathetically. You know, they're sad. They're like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? And they have the breakthroughs. They're like, no, I must, I must <laughs> go on, right? So it, like, you, you, you really like feel sorry for these, feel sympathy for these underdogs. And I was not like that at all. Like <laughs> I was so loud and abrasive and, you know, and, and so some people were like, I think like she's so bossy and like she would complain and she would bitch and moan. And like, like they're like, well, you know, like they're like, why are you complaining so much? Like you're on Survivor. And they were like, look at what she had to go through. Of course she's complaining. So it was, you know, but I'm like, look, I'm keeping it real. Like it sucks. Guess what? Newsflash, it sucks being an underdog. Like, you're always losing. You're yeah. always under. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to be an underdog. <laughs> exactly. 
exactly. Nobody wants to be an underdog. Like you want to be on the winning team. Right? Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so you know, and I would complain about it, all these things, and it's funny because you get all these insights, and then somebody said this online that I never even realized. They were like, "I think PG is the type of person who just doesn't like to be vulnerable. So if she's feeling like." She's on the losing end of things. Instead of getting sad and feeling sorry for herself, she gets really pissed off. And she she gets angry instead of getting sad, right? And they're like, the problem is we can't sympathize with somebody who's angry. We sympathize with people that are feeling sorry for themselves. Mm. And they're like, she doesn't like to do that. And I was like, I do do that. Like, thank you, random stranger that, like, helped, like, <laughs> me realize, you know, things about myself. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> oh, so, I love it. So I had this as a question, but then I heard the answer on your Twitch stream. You do play tabletop RPGs. I, yes, I do play. I have played. I have played. Um, So I, you know, I played a little bit when I was in my 20s. Like, and I I always loved, I loved fantasy. I read a ton of fantasy, even when I was a child. I read so much fantasy, even now I do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've always loved that whole world and universe and characters and magic, you know, the whole idea of it. I played some in my 20s. Um, I mostly liked the rolling dice and the battling part of it. Uh, (laughs) um, And less so the narrative. As I get older, I I do enjoy the narrative a bit more. But it's just, you know, again, I I just didn't have a ton of friends that liked to do it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of fell out of it for a while. Excuse me, but I never, you know, and, and I and I played video games like so. I, so I I play like RPGs, like role playing games, like Final Fantasy, hmm. uh, MMORPGs, like World of Warcraft. I played EverQuest back in the day. Like, oh yeah, way back. We're going way back. I loved now. that. I played EverQuest. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was I was on like in the two thousands. I played I played a ton of EverQuest. So I'd always played those types of games, but you know, pen and paper were just like such a pain in the butt. At the mm-hmm. time, because I was playing back when we had binders, even in EverQuest, we printed out like I had a binder full of maps, full oh, of wow. quests, full of items. Like, you know what I mean? Because you didn't have all these resources online, really. So, like, like you could find maps and you'd have to print them out. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's what we did back then. And it's so much easier now with, with like even tabletop role playing games. And they have all these apps for tracking your characters. Uh, so, you know, I, I hadn't really been able to play. But recently... Um, a friend of mine who also has a podcast called Escape This Podcast. I'll give them a small plug because it's really cool. It's basically an escape room. It's an audio escape room that's like a mix between an escape room and a tabletop role-playing game. So it's all, you know, it's all like audio. They're like, you're in a room. They describe it. And then you you tell them what you want to do. You're like, I'm going to look under the table. They're like, they're like, you find a note taped under the table, like whatever, right? So it's kind of like a TTRPG. Um, so one of the hosts of that podcast then invited me to come play this game for this guy who had just designed a system of TTRPGs called Arium, which is really cool. Uh, so you basically create your own world. So it's a whole system that helps you. Uh, there's a there's a bunch of rules and they set out these these systems for how you create a world. And we could do in two hours, two hours, we created a whole a full world with items, with characters, with people, with environment, and then you can play your game within that world. And it was super cool. So the the one that we played in that was on my stream, it was floating castles, like Howl's Moving Castle, like Studio Ghibli style, floating castles with systems of magic that were based on textile arts, like weaving, knitting, you know, crochet, so forth and so on. And... um, Yeah, so you got your powers from these dive vats and like, you know, you would 
like there was a whole yeah we created a whole world just based on just that so that was that was fun <laughs> that's really interesting that sounds cool do you do you do do you do uh tabletop role playing uh i have done just a teeny tiny bit mostly just goofing off but we i'm gonna start an actual play which sounds like a mistake since i've only like gm'd once but do you know the video game borderlands uh-huh so they have uh bunkers and badasses is a is like the D&D version of Borderlands. And so oh. we're going to be playing that because they're making a real thing of that. Oh, so. very cool. Are you are you going to GM? Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> I know. Well, <laughs> so we, I got a demo of the game and uh, we played it on this podcast for four, ep- they were like four bonus episodes. Mm-hmm. And we just played through the quest and it was really, really fun. And I'm thankful because my, my friend's, that I've met through podcasting, actually, they uh, they didn't like derail it too much. They've stayed on track. <laughs> Which derailing is half of, derailing is half of the fun. <laughs> I know. <laughs> when I in preparation for that, I DM'd with my brother, and he made a character that like had no sense of direction. So I was like, "You can see the place across the street, like the taverns right across the street, and you know it's there." He's like, okay, I walk behind the house. And I'm like, now you can see the place. Like, <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, well, now you're walking into a forest. And like, so I did like t- three games with them. Uh, and it was really, really fun, but it was like derailing like crazy. So, ugh. which was a blast. I mean, like, so, so in our last podcast, uh, the one that just released, it'll actually, by the time you release this podcast, it's, it's already out. Um, and it was season premiere where we interviewed Neil Patrick Harris, who loves all these kind of interactive, immersive games, immersive Mm -hmm. adventures. And I I don't think he actually ended up telling that story on the podcast. It might be in the bonus episode, which is available to patrons of, um, Room Escape Artist. He goes on these immersive adventures all the time. And he tells us that he's constantly worried that he's doing it wrong. Uh, and so like one time, like, I think he was telling a story about how his husband like set up this whole adventure for him, like some, you know, and, and like, kind of like, he's like strange people would keep coming up to him and kind of like saying things. And he was like, is this part of the adventure or is this, is this an actor or is this just a random, inca- you know, and he's like, I was so worried that I was doing it wrong that he's like, I just decided to go through my regular day. And he ended up doing nothing because he was like, just like paralyzed <laughs> with decision-making. And yeah. he's like, I think I derailed all like these special things that were planned because I just couldn't just, dis- you know, and at the, at the end he'd had, a, he had, he's like, I'd ask the guy like, was this what was supposed to happen? And he was like, whatever you chose is what was supposed to happen. So, and he never told him. He never, Oh, you huh. know what I mean? He was like, yeah. well, it, if it happened, that's what was meant to happen. Like, and that was kind of their philosophy because there's no, I guess there's no point in like feeling sad about missing out on like a track that you didn't go explore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was like, you know what? That is actually a really good way to put it. So there is, I guess, no, I guess for us who spent so much time designing stuff, something, you're like, yeah, it feels like maybe you wasted a bunch of time, but you can always reuse. You can reuse the scenario and like it's. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's how I felt like my group was like literally at the cave entrance and then they like wanted to track something else. And I was like, I spent like three hours preparing this whole cave thing, memorizing people's names. And then 
we spent two hours going out and like fully improvising, <laughs> which ended up being way better. <laughs> and you can repurpose the the the, ca- the cave encounter, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I'll, like evolve it and stuff. Like yeah, I I love it. I think it's really entertaining. Im- improv is fun, so I totally get it. Have you GM'd before? No, no, I have. The only thing I've GM'd is like you know that game that I run on my Discord that I was telling you about the werewolf. Yeah. They they call it a uh, Discord werewolf via Discord D W W like V D like they they came up with this weird acronym for it. <laughs> uh, werewolf via Discord is is I guess what we call it. Um, so that's probably pretty much the closest because there is a narrative. Like I start, I write a whole narrative about it. Like you know they start off in this village, uh, and then the next season the village decided to take a trip. So I was like, you guys are going on vacation. Like I, I sent them uh-huh. on a cruise ship. So they, oh they, they, they took the village on a, on a cruise ship. The ship was called the sea wolf. Um, you know, so, and I renamed <laughs> everything like nautical themed. And then, so that was like a narrative at the end of uh, that, the ship sunk and then they were underwater. So that was another season of them being underwater. And then oh after my that, goodness. They're, <laughs> they're underwater. Uh, th- another crack opens. They go even now. Now they're in, now they're in my ne- the, the nether regions. I made a lot of jokes about that. Uh, <laughs> 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 so, so now they're basically in, you know, like Hades. Mm. Like there, so there was a whole, you know, and eventually I'll, I'll, I'll the next one, um, I'll have them resurface somewhere and, and keep it going for the next season. So oh that's... my gosh, this sounds wildly entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's a lot, it's a lot of work. I totally get you. So I have, so I guess I've done that. It's not quite, it's kind of TTRPG, but with a different style of gameplay, but there was a oh, whole totally. written narrative and like based on what they, you know, cause I would write out like, these whole scenarios when somebody gets eaten, I would write out like how it was done according to their character and like, you know, and, and it's because I've, I've got also the people watching from the graveyard. So that's it's got to got to keep it entertaining. Yeah, um, <laughs> no, that makes perfect sense. That's really cool. <laughs> I actually recently just um, over the weekend, I played a game called Stuffed Fables with my niece. <gasps> Have you heard of that? Yeah, I played it with my brother. OK, yeah. So it's it's kind of like a tabletop role playing board game. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was well done. It is. It was surprisingly well done. Uh, you still get to roll when you take your turn, but you know they they do the narrative for you, so nobody has to be the GM really. And there's kind of an open map with a grid, so you just kind of move around, and then like you'll generate random encounters. You can fight these creatures according. You know you have different abilities, and you roll die according to them. So it's it's it was fun. It seemed more complicated, but after a while, you you pick it up. Yeah. Uh, I played it with a seven year old. So she was able to play and, and she and she loved because we've been trying. She really likes storytelling mm-hmm. and we like we do a lot of storytelling with her. And um, so we kind of were like, OK, well, she likes these like choose your own adventure type stories that we tell her. We're like, you know, she met a princess. Well, what did the princess look like? You know, what action did she take? So she'll kind of supply it and then we'll embellish based on that. And so my my my, my sister the one that I live with, she also does, she does improv and she does tabletop role playing. Also, she does like a Star Trek, a Klingon oh, one. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's streamed on Twitch as well. Uh, I'll give you the name later, but I can think of it if you want to put it in the show notes. Yeah. But, I can um, plug it in the show notes or. Okay. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> uh, so she's really good at like 
generating these stories, but like, and my niece loves stuffed fables. Like, in fact, whenever we would, you know, kill one of these crawlies, like my niece would like be like, yeah, I snuck up and I stabbed in the back, you know, and she would embellish this whole thing. And it was, it was really fun. Like, so I, I thought that was a really good introduction for kids into that whole world. I love it. That's really, really cool. Yeah. I remember looking at that and talking to my brother and being like, is this game for kids or is it for like adults or is it a mix? Like, will we enjoy it as 30 year olds, you know, like, and yeah, we enjoyed it. So it, yeah, it's definitely because there's still a lot of elements. It's a kind of basic story, but it is, I was worried it was a little dark for her because some of these enemies are scary looking. Yeah. That's what I was thinking (laughs) while we were playing it. I was like, damn, this seems dark for like a kid. Like, I don't know if I'd play this with my eight year old nephew, but but he it would does, probably love it. <laughs> it does seem dark for a kid, but also at the same time that I feel like, you know, at around like the, I don't know, like eight year old, seven, eight, ten year old range, like you have to give them some real stakes. Yeah. I guess. So they end up feeling like they really earned their victory or like, I, I don't know, like <laughs> there are bad elements at play in the world and here they are. You And, and it is possible to vanquish them. So Yes. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I love it. Well, real quick, before we jump to ridiculous theme, I always do a section where we talk about things outside of the gaming hobby. Uh, so what do you do outside of gaming? Um, I used to have a life. I don't really anymore. Uh, outside <laughs> of gaming. it's No, seriously, like this whole past, this whole past year, really, I kind of ended up getting super deep into the deep end of this whole kind of gaming universe. Um, you know, before, before all of this, like, like my day job was like, I was a jeweler. I, I did jewelry and I still do. Like I still have clients, but yeah. I was traveling around the U S doing these kind of um, gem shows, jewelry, gift shows. And I would just, I didn't have a brick and mortar store. I would just set up a booth and, you know, I would um, sell, sell my designs out of these booths. And it was good in a way because I, I didn't have a fixed schedule. You know, it was two weekends a month on average and I could travel and do whatever else I wanted in between then. And so when this whole thing, when this whole like quarantine happened, I couldn't go out. I couldn't do anything. So I started, you know, I started the uh, the Patreon, started doing the Twitch streams. I was kind of making some from that. Not really living money, but, it, you know, you can get by. Uh, I met David. Uh, David and I met through a podcast also. And so they eventually started opening up their website to other reviewers. And I started reviewing escape rooms for them. So like, I'm like, I know I'm like, you asked me what I do outside of games. And now I'm telling you that I don't, uh, this is my, <laughs> this is basically my life now. Like, yes, is like, I do games outside of games. I, like <laughs> review. Yeah. Like I review, like I write and review escape rooms for them. Uh, and then when we started doing the podcast, got even more immersed into the whole thing with my own Patreon. I play like all these other board games, you know, so this is like my, my main friend group now it's what we do. Um, but it's, I don't know. I like it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's wonderful. <laughs> Although I guess now that now that things are opening up, like this has been a great like it's, it's been a crazy week. I went to Snoop Dogg's anniversary party on Monday. Isn't that random? Uh, you don't even have to. You know, you can cut this from the podcast because I don't want to. It has nothing to do with anything. And now I'm just now I'm just bragging. Um, <laughs> no, we can include it because I think that's really cool and people would love to hear that. If you're okay uh, including it, but if you want it out, I'll, I'll take it out. No, I can. It just it really doesn't have. Sometimes I'm like. What is my life? I don't know how I ended up. Um, 
<laughs> with this. Uh, it's actually through a guy that I met. He was on another reality show that we became friends. But uh, you know what? It still goes back to gaming because he is he was one of the hosts for Nintendo. So he's involved in esports. And like him and I had kind of become friends because one of his friends plays League of Legends, which I play obsessively. But his friend not only plays, he's actually one of like the announcers. Um, He would like kind of announce uh, or like analyze or whatever, like host, you know, these the the, for the esports. So he's actually working in it. And um, so for me, like, you know, I I can't obviously for some reason I I can't be satisfied with just playing these games. Like I always want to know about behind the scenes. Like I want to become friends with these people who are working in it and designing it. And, you know, so I always like kind of try to seek them out and, but we became friends. Uh, so, you know, through him, I met all these people that are involved in like esports and just gaming, like video gaming yeah. <laughs> side. So I was like, know a bunch of people in that. Um, anyway, so that, that friend of mine, he works with Snoop because Snoop likes to stream Madden. He helps him with streaming Madden and video games and all that. So that's how they're connected. And so like we're, you know, so we're friends. So he, he invited me to his uh, anniversary party here in, oh in LA. That was, <laughs> that was on Monday. Yeah. That is so, so things, cool. Things are opening back up. My problem is I can't say no. If something sounds like it's going to be fun, I just say yes. And I go and I stress out and I have no time for anything. Uh, <laughs> but, but you have fun, right? Of course I have fun, but that's what, you know, I really enjoyed this last year just because I was forced to take basically a year off. Um, and, and I have FOMO. So it's really like, and I'm like, am I going to miss out if I don't go? Like, mm. <laughs> but knowing that no one else is going out, like it was so like, I could relax. Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. That makes a lot of sense. So wait, what's your favorite game? I'm, I'm sure your listeners already know, but I'm curious. What, what What's your favorite <sighs> type of board game? You know what? I don't talk about. Well, I mean, sometimes I squeeze in things. It's got to either be Pandemic Legacy when I play it with my wife, or I love Marvel United and Marvel Champions. I'm a total Marvel nerd. I have so I I bought Pandemic and I've played it one time and we lost miserably and I have not touched it in 15 years. <gasps> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good game that it's one where you're gonna lose like. 90% of the time, but that one time you win, it's just like, whoa, how did we do that? How do we pull that off? It's really, but like, it's really more of those, it's like a strategy game where you have to think like 10 steps ahead, right? Yes. Yeah. See, I'm so bad at those. This is why like, like, I don't like chess. I don't like checkers. Like I can't think more than like three steps, more than two steps ahead. And I'm already done for, uh, so you notice like most of the games I listed are more, um, intuitive based games right they're more about it's kind of like an intuition about what the other person has on their mind and trying to extrapolate and deduct from their gameplay what's happening so the most of the games that i listed that i like is that's the style of gameplay that i like like these i think these games that are more like where you strategic where you have to uh yeah think like 10 10 moves ahead i i just my brain can't hold that yeah and it's really fun playing those types of games, social games. and But sometimes you don't even necessarily call them social games because it's like it's not necessarily about being social, but it's just like figuring out what everyone else is doing or why they're doing it. So like yeah, deduction, I guess social deduction, de- I guess. Yeah, that's the perfect. I guess they're still kind of like deduction or intuitive, like something like Dixit. Uh-huh. Dixit yeah. is like a 
deduction, intuitive style game, right? Yeah. It's funny because like I go into these game stores, the kind that like, you know, the ones where like there's always a group of guys playing in the back. Like, do you ever play at those game stores? No, I never have. Neither have I. And like, you know, I, I do feel like the atmosphere is slightly intimidating for girls. I don't know why I think that, but like, it just seems like such a fun thing to do to be able to show up and just sit down and play with a bunch of other people that like playing the same things that you do. Yeah, that would be great. Like, well, David is super into Magic the Gathering and that's like nine times out of 10, that's what they're playing at the game store here in Utah, at least. Oh, no, same. I think it's the same everywhere. He, okay. he, played, he played Hero Clicks too, uh, which... Oh yeah, David's a huge, like huge into hero clicks. And the the first time he like he was telling me about this, I accidentally called it um nerd clicks. <laughs> and and he was like, You had it. He's like, ah, oh, that sounds about accurate. <laughs> He's a very like out there proud nerd. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I would I would totally go to these things. They're just like I just there always seems to be some mysterious thing going on in the backs of these. And I'm like, what are they doing? And I'm like, are they playing? Can anybody just sit down and play? Like, I'm like, I don't know how these game stores work. Right. Uh, I don't either. <laughs> it's like, can I just go up and be like, hey, can I join your game? <laughs> like, well, and, and I'll t- well, so I have sat down and just played at one before. We were actually in did. between escape rooms and I was with a group of my friends that like playing Avalon. So like they actually brought it. And we just sat down and literally like we were, it was a, your tiny, you know, your small little local game store. And they were like, they, they bought, I think they, they bought like maybe some card protectors, you know, and then they're like, can we sit and play this while we wait for our next, you know, escape room to be up? And they were like, sure. And so that was, yeah. And that's it. They just provide a space where you can, you can just sit and play with your friends if you want. Um, I will say like the first time I'd ever walked into one of those, it's because I was playtesting one of the escape rooms in a box for Wild Optimus, and they were playtesting it in the backs of one of these stores. Hmm. And after we're done, you know, I was just kind of wandering around. You know, I'm looking through the board games. Like, I'm just checking out the stuff. And I feel like a tap on my shoulder. So I turn, and, you know, this is like a guy, and he's like, hi. And I'm like, do I know you? Like, what? Like, are, are you a fan? Because sometimes, like, you know, like if fans will just come up. It's not like I get recognized a lot, but a, a very occasionally it can happen. Uh-huh. So, you know, and I'm trying to be nice and he and oh, and it's because this guy looks at me and this is the first thing he says is he goes, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, so no. con- I was like so confused because I was like, yeah, I was like, are you a fan? Or I was like, am I not supposed to be here? I was like, what? He was like, he's like, I've never seen you in here before. And I was like, oh, no. I was, <laughs> I was like, what is? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, I don't belong here. Like, I don't like, what? <laughs> like but like, you know, it, it was, it was like, he had never seen a female in his entire life. I, I feel like that's what it was. Like, he was just like, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, I'm just looking through the games. Uh, and, and, and he was like, so, so what do you do? Like, what do you, and I'm like, okay, like, this is a little creepy. And I appreciate that you have come up to talk to me, but let's, you know, like not be like super creepy. And I'm like, oh, this is why girls don't come into like <laughs> local game stores. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I I have heard, you know, like a girl looking at or uh, looking at games and a guy coming up and being like, oh, are you looking for your boyfriend or something? Like looking for something for, you know, like what kind of games does your boyfriend like? And she's like, no, I'm looking for me. Like, <laughs> I'm like, 
no, why would you assume that? <laughs> it makes no sense. Like, don't you want the girls to want to come play? Yeah. Like. <laughs> oh, <I'm>, man. <laughs> that it, is it, so it makes, rough. I'm sorry. On behalf of males, <laughs> I'm sorry that happened to you. <laughs> no, it's 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 totally fine. Like, but it's, you know, but I, I, I will say for people, for any guys listening out here that are regulars at these game stores, like make an effort to welcome more girls into it. I think girls want to come play, but it, it does feel very much like a boys club back there where it's all guys and like it's kind of intimidating. So you know, make an effort, include them in. And maybe eventually one of them was like, actually, it was fun. And like, you know, it's easier to have a big space to sit and play than trying to get people at your house or whatever. So like, yeah, <laughs> start welcoming more girls back there. Has that happened to you? Does that do you feel like that happens often, at least off more often than it should? I mean, one time is more often than it should happen. But no, I mean, look, I don't spend a lot of time wandering around these stores. So I don't really know. Um no, I, I like honestly for the most part it's fine. Like they're just regular shops. It's just any interact, you know. Yeah, I I think it's I, I think it is fine most of the time. And and look, like if you're a guy and you see somebody, a girl walking, you can, you know, you can be cool and welcoming without being creepy and just be like, oh, you know, hey, are you looking for something? Like maybe like, you know, oh, I played this game, I really liked whatever. Like it that's that can be fine. Like or, yeah. or or ask if she has a recommendation for you. That might actually even be better. Like, Ooh. oh hey, like, you know, oh I see you but have you played these? Like actually, do you have anything to recommend? Like I'm like, right? Like don't always be try like, well, let me tell you what's up. Like you ask them what's up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> Tip for any boys out there <laughs> trying to meet girls at game stores. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, and that's probably, I mean, what it was. He was, he was maybe trying to hit on you not well. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So let me let me teach you how to do it well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pick up by PG. <laughs> oh, man. Would you ever want to be invited to play the games they're playing? Uh, I guess it depends on what game they're playing. Maybe? Yeah. Right. You know? I mean, I don't know. Look, look, look. Joining a pre-existing group is pretty intimidating. That's true. You know? So that, but like, but like I would go with like my friend group, like people that I already play with. Yeah. Like the first time and just see what it's, you know, just to see what it's kind of like. Because again, I I think that a lot of people as adults have a difficult time making friends, you know, and you want to make friends with people who like the same stuff that you like, like games or gaming you know what i mean so uh i definitely think that gaming is one of the best ways to make friends and you can get to know people slowly while still being able to have a good time you're not sitting here racking your brain trying to think of like clever things to say or whatever like there's a you know the board game the the game itself will provide you with opportunities to get to know each other and to make funny jokes and memories so yeah yeah, i I can't think of a better way to get to know people (laughs) Yeah, no, that's awesome. Let's do ridiculous theme. Are you ready for that? Oh God, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will just tell you. Oh, do, do you have like a little intro for it? It's so new that I forgot to do an intro. Yeah. Well, we're gonna play a ridiculous theme where we come up with a ridiculous theme for a game. All of my titles are so self-explanatory. I feel like, like when I introduce the show, I'm like, "Welcome to the board game community show, where we get to know people in the community." Like. Here's ridiculous theme game where we come up with a ridiculous themed game. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, okay. So I will just say the first idea that popped into my head, it's really macabre. I don't know why, but I'll just say, I don't even know where, where I'm going with this. It's uh, how to kill a goldfish. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know why. It's what popped into my head. You know, my sister had a whole skit that she had made up about this. And it was like, well, how do you know? How, well, how do you, how do you do it? Do you, do you, do you flush them down a toilet? Like, do you, uh, do you, do you put them in the, in the garbage disposal? Is it like a long, oh. you know, so there were like, like, it was this weird skit where they ran through all these different ways. And I don't know why, but when you said, think of a ridiculous theme for a board game, for some reason, that was the first thing that popped in my head. So I guess I'm going to just go with it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so weird. And it would be like, I could see that totally being like uh, multiple ways of trying, or maybe you have a, a way that you're supposed to kill the fish and you have to convince everybody to, or maybe you're the goldfish and you're trying to avoid all these like <gasps> traps and pitfalls or something. Oh you my know? goodness, like, that's way better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Less so goldfish got, like, standing. Yeah, or so- something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love there, it. That's 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 my ridiculous theme. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so much fun. Uh, why don't you plug what you've got going on? social media, projects, anything and everything. All right. So you'll have to bear with me. Thank you all for listening this far. If you made it this far and you're still interested, I got a lot of projects <laughs> that I'm working on that I have to plug. Uh, I'll start with social media. You can find me at PG. That's P-E-I-H-G-E-E, my first name. Everywhere, Twitter, uh, Instagram is the same. Um I have a Patreon and a Twitch group. Oh, so my Twitch is the same. It's twitch.tv slash P-E-I-H-G-E-E. The Patreon is patreon.com slash P-E-I-H-G-E-E-P-L-A-Y-S. That's PG Plays on Patreon. And that's if you want to join the group where we play all these different games and live stream. And it's also supporting my live streams. So that's um, the Twitch gaming that I do. I also have a podcast. So if you guys have listened, my co-host came on previously, David Spira of Room Escape Artist. And our podcast is called Repod. It's uh, short for Reality Escape Pod. We just launched season two with our first guest, Neil Patrick Harris, who is amazing. So you guys should definitely go check out that episode of Reality Escape Pod. You can support us there at patreon.com slash Artist. And um, that we have bonus content that's an after bonus show that's gated. So for $5, if you're a Patreon of that, you can get the bonus content there. And I guess there's a whole slew of other uh, Room Escape artist projects. I'm sure David already like plugged all of those, like Recon, their tours. I'll just reiterate that. And um, gosh, I think I think that's it. More than enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. It was fun to hear you talk to... well. You like full on nerded out for a little bit with Neil Patrick Harris. And that was funny to hear you like kind of gush over a celebrity for a few seconds. But then you like snapped right into like your role, which was cool. Oh, you mean on our on 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 that episode? Yeah, on Reality Escape Pod. Yeah. Oh my god, of course. Like he <laughs> like you you guys have to listen to this episode because he he is such 
a nerd about puzzles <laughs> and games and immersive experiences. And and, and it, it was really amazing to see how much he truly, like he was so passionate about these things, you know, and, and he offered to come on the podcast because he's like, I want to talk about this stuff. Like he wanted to really talk about his, his, his game uh, box one. So if you guys haven't played it, I highly recommend you go play box one. It is a really, really cool immersive at home experience. Um, So you should play that and then go listen to the episode where he talks in depth about his game, uh, his game design philosophy and about like how the game was made and also just what path he took to get to his love of like magic and escape rooms and puzzles and immersion and all of that, you know, and and these are all like a lot of people I meet, there's a lot of intersecting interests right within this whole realm of like gaming puzzles, immersive theater, et cetera. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) it is, it was such a treat of an episode. I absolutely loved it. And it was like, even if you've heard Neil Patrick, Harris do interviews like a million times. This was so much different because he was able to just like nerd out about something that he just loves. Yeah, I, it, it's it's good. It was it was very long. It was much longer than than normal, but it's 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 a good episode. Just go listen. Thanks, guys. Yeah, and thank thank you for having me on because I feel like I blew in like a hurricane, and I was like, well, I'm just gonna be start talking about stuff. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. like part of the reason I started this podcast was because the pandemic hit and then I feel like my social skills went down and I'm like, well now as we're getting ready to reunite with society, I'm like, I need to up my skills. So it's nice for me to be able to like just socialize. (laughs) This was fun because on my podcast, I don't really get to talk. Like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I do, but it's like, look, like, you know, we're interviewing people. So it's really, it's about them. Right. Yeah. So I have to show a lot of restraint and not start uh, <laughs> sidetracking into my own personal stories. And, and even if I do, David like ruthlessly just cuts all of them out anyway. <laughs> He's like, save it, save it for the bonus. Con-. I can tell. I, so I can tell all my stories in the bonus content our after show, which is for patrons, but yeah, like the normal, the normal podcast. I don't get to talk this much. So now I get to come on other podcasts and I now see now I get to be the guest. It's good to be yeah. the guest. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. So I went and did the guest. Like I'm so used to interviewing people and I, I'll interject little like personal things to while I'm talking because we're just having fun. But when it's like focused on me, I'm like, oh gosh, what do I say? <laughs> No, I always derail. I derail a lot of our podcast conversations because David has these very highly researched, very tight questions that he has composed for the guests. And I will just, because I get really interested. So I just start asking question after question. And I'm like, well, I totally preempted, totally preempted that question, that carefully yeah. crafted question <laughs> that you had. And now he's like, I've already ruined it. <laughs> I derail everything and we devolve, you know, onto all these sidetracks. But I, I think that's why David and I work really well together as a team for the podcast, because we do have such different energies and styles and, I, and it works somehow. And him and I get along really, really well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, your guys' chemistry. And I said this on David's episode. If you haven't listened to David's, go listen to that one too, because it's, uh, he is just super incredible. I love that guy so much. And, but you guys are like different in so many ways and it complements each other so well. It's just like you bring things that he doesn't <laughs> bring and he brings things that you don't bring. We do talk about escape rooms a lot, but 
most of the people that we interview are not necessarily in the escape room world. They're in adjacent spaces, right? So like our first guest on season one was Alan Lee, who created Exploding Kittens. So we have quite a lot of game designers on, as well as people that design immersive experiences, immersive theater. We have people that play LARPs. Um, you know, live action role playing games. So it, a, a, we we cover a lot of different things that are that are adjacent, but you know, in the kind of the same sphere. Yeah. If you haven't gone and listened to it, uh, if I don't edit all this stuff out, <laughs> I'm sorry. So I know we kept going like way after. No, that's fine. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, <laughs> but if you haven't listened to Reality Escape Pod, go listen because it's it's genuinely one of my favorite podcasts. Like I mm. love listening to it. So oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. That means a lot to us. Thank you so much for listening. Stick around to the very end because like in their podcast, I did a little homage to their podcast at the end of this episode. PG tells a story about an escape room experience she had. You can follow me on Twitter at NerdOutWithUs. And if there is a guest that you would like on the show, it could be anyone, no matter how big, small, yourself, whoever. You can at me or tweet at me or email me at theboardgamecommunityshow at gmail.com and I will go and ask them to be on the show. It'd be great. If you're enjoying the show, please leave a review. I would super duper appreciate that. And then there is an event coming up August 28th. It's going to be Protocon Online. Originally it was called Protosynthesis, but... They are streamlining it because there is also a Protocon in-person event. So if you want to sign up for that, look in the show notes. I will have the information in there. You can also check me out on Twitter or go to at BGDG of Utah on Twitter, and they are the ones hosting the event. In the show notes is also PG's Patreon, her Twitch, her podcast. We talked about her sister's project. So we put that in there. There's a link to her jewelry business. You can look at her beautiful, beautiful jewels she makes and, and sells. So there's a lot to check out. Thank you so much for listening. Until next week, keep nerding out. Now take it away, PG. So there is, okay, so there is this one escape room um, in LA that I hate. Uh, it, it, and it's too bad because it's actually a great room. It's you know I'll just say it. It's called Jumanji, and it's a fantastic room. They it's it's really well built out. The set is incredible. It's fantastic. There's a lot of tech on there. You you feel like you're on a movie set. It's beautiful. But there is this one section, and I'm this is a little bit spoilery. But basically, you get like at some point in the game, you'll get like a kind of like a, a wristband device with some kind of like RFID chip on it, right? So if you have it, you have also a specific kind of power that only you can do. So that way everybody has their own little like task that they have to complete. As you could probably tell from this interview, I am probably not the most patient person. I'm very energetic. Uh, I like to go very fast, you know, blah, blah, like. And so I figured out that my task was to get a rock from like point A to point B. There's three rocks. You have to move them from one location to another. Okay. So I figured it out. I'm like, okay, move to location. Cool. I did it. It didn't work. Everyone's already done with their tasks. And I'm like, I did it. I'm like, I think I did it. And 
you know, so eventually, like, the game master has to come on over the intercom and they're like, well, what what else does your paper say? You know, like, this is like, you're like the Zen master. This is your role is like the Zen master. She's, she's like, how, how are, you know, what are, what are Zen like people like? Like, they're very relaxed. They're very, you know, so I'm like, do I look relaxed to you? Like right now? <laughs> you know, because I'm because we're out of time. Like the time is ticking down. There's still a massive room ahead of us. Everyone's done. Everyone's just sitting there waiting for me. And I'm like, I did the thing. And she was like, Well, maybe try going slower. So I was like, I was like, I was like, okay. So am I and to me, I feel like I am slow as molasses. Okay. And she's like, go slower. And I'm like, what mother, like, and you know, like expletive, expletive. Like I like, like, so the more, like I am getting so frustrated because to me, I am moving infinitesimally slow. Like I was like, I feel like I am barely moving. And she's like, you need to go slower than that. And I was like, I am standing still. Like, I don't, I don't know what else you want from me. And I, I, I think eventually it took like 20 tries. And the more she kept telling me to relax and calm down, like the more stressed I am because of like, it's like, how do you ask somebody to slow down and do something slowly when there's a, a, a clock ticking and everything else in the room is like, hurry up. Like, you know, the, the guy's going to get you. Like the bomb's going to explode. Like you only have 15 minutes left. Like, and and, and, and at the end, like, like I was like a scream. I was just like throwing a full on tantrum <laughs> in this room because I could not get this thing to go. My sister said she's never doing a room again with me after that. Like she swore off. She was like, because I was mad for like an entire hour as <laughs> we failed because of this one mechanic. And, and she's like, I never want to do rooms with you again. She's like, when you get mad in rooms, uh, <laughs> it is terrifying. <laughs> So yeah, that is the time that an escape room caused me to have a complete meltdown and go into a full on like temper tantrum. 